This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. An angry dilemma. What makes you angry? Maybe you're frustrated with the state of the world right now. Maybe someone you love has been ill-treated. Maybe politics makes you red in the face. Maybe your spouse ignores your feelings, or your kids don't listen, or your neighbor keeps doing that thing you ask them a million times not to do. My husband asked this question in church one weekend, and we got the expected answer. One fellow's angry at how the nursing home is not taking care of his wife the way he feels they should be. One lady is angry about some of the pandemic restrictions. Another is angry at the defacing of statues during protests. By the time we left church, I was a little angry at how one member went out spouting some hateful stuff and everyone laughed him off. We get angry. This is normal, natural, even healthy. It's an emotional gut reaction. But do you remember this verse? It's from Ephesians 4, 26-27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Have we really stopped to examine what that means and the instruction it carries? Paul is saying here that we will get angry. That's fine. But we cannot remain angry. That's what don't let the sun go down on your wrath means. We can't cling to it or coddle it or revel in it. We can't hold it tight and wrap ourselves up in it. We cannot live in anger. But that's what I see a lot of us in the church doing. And it is dangerous. Paul says why, right there. It gives a foothold to Satan. It eats away at our souls. Getting angry is normal, natural, and healthy, but we can't leave it at that. We cannot, should not, ought not to accept and even justify our anger. But I hear that a lot too. Do you? I mean, do you hear people, or even yourself, make excuses for why their anger is good and right and righteous? It isn't. I'm just going to say that outright. Even if the thing you're angry about is a grievous, horrendous, sinful thing, staying angry about it is not righteous. Because anger is our emotional reaction, not our spiritual reaction. It breeds hatred, prejudice, bias, bigotry, bitterness, pride, self-righteousness, unforgiveness. The list goes on. It's an immediate gut reaction to a situation that we can't help but feel, and sometimes... Sometimes, it indicates something genuinely wrong and in need of addressing. But here's my challenge to us all. Whenever you feel that bite of anger, stop. Stop and ask yourself why it's making you angry. Take the defacing of statues as an example. Why does it upset us? The answer I hear most often, in which I myself have even said, is because people want to forget our history. Okay, so forgetting our history is not a good thing. We don't want to doom ourselves to repeat it. But do I even know the history of those statues? Nope. I can be perfectly honest and say I don't. I had no idea, for instance, that a huge percentage of the statues of slaveholders being taken down right now were raised in the 1960s as a direct protest against the civil rights movement. That changes my feelings about them quite a bit. I don't know about you. But do you see my point here? I get angry and I cite a reason that in fact contradicts itself. I say I care about history, but I don't even know that history that I'm trying to defend. So how is that really my reason? I need to dig deeper. What is really making me angry? It's obviously not the history. I didn't even know it. And it's not that I have any attachment to these statues. I've never even seen them. It's because I feel threatened. 
I'm angry because people who aren't like me or who I don't understand are lashing out at people who are like me. And I don't get it, so I fear it. How often is our anger really fear? Probably way more often than we think. But isn't fear at the root of it a lack of trust? So does that mean that anger is also a lack of trust in God? Are we angry because we don't trust him to redeem the situation? Are we angry because we want everything to be smooth and easy despite the promise that it won't be? Are we angry because he's letting sin abound? So many times the psalmists cry out to God in anger. Why are you letting the unjust prosper? Why aren't you doing something? But here's something we need to remember. God lets us do our thing. That goes for all of us. He lets us choose sin or righteousness, God or Satan, anger or forgiveness. He lets us choose how we're going to react in each situation. He lets us choose, but he calls us, when we're filled with his spirit, to be better. To let go of just the human reaction and choose something greater, something nobler, something higher, something better. He calls us to choose to let go of our anger. Or not even to grab hold of it to begin with. To feel it, but then let the emotion just move itself away. Because if we cling, that is when sin enters in. (laughs) Ouch. Did you feel that? I, I sure did. That means when I go on being angry and frustrated with someone or a group or a social movement, day after week after month after year, it's my sin, not theirs. When I grumble and seethe at a political party, my sin, not theirs. When I snub a family member or neighbor for the emotional wounds they've inflicted on me, that's my sin, not theirs. In the amazing book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie observes that if you enter an argument, you've already lost it. We never, ever convince anyone of anything by arguing with them. Lashing out in anger never solves a problem, and it doesn't build relationships or achieve anything good. It just destroys. Arguing erects walls between us, and anger is never the answer to a situation. So what is? That's the question we actually need to be asking ourselves. Instead of justifying why we're right to be angry, we need to step back and actually examine the situations. Ask ourselves why it affects us like that. Ask ourselves what the real root of the problem is. Ask ourselves what relationships we can build, what love we can demonstrate, what affirming and edifying actions we can take to change the situation. Maybe it's as simple as looking at that person who is not like me and saying, can you help me understand? You're hurting and I've never quite gotten it. Forgive me for that and show me how to come alongside you. Maybe it's as challenging as praying for the person who rubs you wrong instead of about them. Not just that they will see the light and come around to your way of thinking, but that God will heal the wounds on their heart. Maybe it's asking him to heal our own wounds. Maybe it means giving up our pride and admitting we may not have all the answers. Maybe it means opening our eyes to where we've let that sin fester and asking God to cleanse us of it, no matter how much it might sting to let him dig it out. Maybe it means seeing that the people on the other side are people just like you, struggling just like you, beloved of God just like you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. Be angry, but do not sin. Be better. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Teas and Totes. 
bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteesandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv slash podcast for other shows I know you'll love.